Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. Uh, we're here as a podcast for founders, entrepreneurs, startups, and also the angels, uh, venture capitalists, and people in the financial community, financial offices who follow them. Uh, we have also started a new podcast called The Angel, which is more on the financial side of things. So please look for both of those. We're on all the major podcast platforms, Audible, Amazon, um, and so on. Uh, Apple, of course. Um, and we're in, uh, in the video world with YouTube. And Spotify does both audio and video. So on Spotify uh, for audio as a podcast or video or both. So uh, please rate us, rank us, and uh, follow us. We would like that very much. Today, I am happy to be joined by Marek Palace. He is the CEO and founder of uh, Startup House. Um, he is coming to us live from uh, Warsaw, Poland, and uh, we're very happy to have him. Hello, um, Merrick. Nice to uh, nice to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for bringing me in here. Uh, uh, one thing before I start. So I'm not CEO. I'm head of sales and co-founder. So uh oh, I don't want to get you in trouble with your CEO. Sorry, you you. Uh, yeah. you I, I misread my notes, but uh, uh, great to no be worries. here. And uh, who is the CEO? Uh, my one of my best friends, uh, Alexander Stasiak. So uh, I met him a long time ago. But so okay. I think he 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 he's not gonna be mad about me and that you know that introduced <laughs> me as a CEO. But... <laughs> good, good. Well, let's let's start right from the beginning. Um, tell us uh, what Startup House does, um, and 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 why you started it. Why did it? Why did this happen? Okay, so. Let me tell you shortly about our roots. Yeah, so everything started like almost ten years ago. Um, I just quit Groupon. I was head of Groupon Goods here in Poland. Groupon that time was really cool startup to work in. They were growing really fast, etc. Uh, and I had a really fast, good, fast track there. Yeah, like I was. I started as a business care specialist, and after two years, I ended as a head of uh, Groupon Goods uh, here in Poland. And once I quit Groupon, uh, I quit because, you know, I wanted to do it something on my own. Uh, I was a bit tired with Groupon atmosphere at uh, that time. So, you know, and this is the moment that I met my co-founder, Alex. Uh, we were quite young <laughs> at that moment, yeah. around, you know, 26 years old uh, guys, full of energy. Uh, and we decided to build our, like, new venture yeah, together yeah it was a small startup focusing on e-commerce solutions uh, and, but uh, that was a good start for us yeah? and then the second startup was a bit bigger so it was something similar to wish and we we spent like around one year building that startup and uh, the first startup it was a SaaS solution uh something like like VoIP uh VoIP solution for small businesses like, uh, uh, where so we spent clear, around one. Just so we're clear, software as a service, SaaS, and it was uh, voice yeah. over inter internet protocol. Is that right? VoIP, yeah. So it's like oh. voice, uh, like something that you can, you know, buy some international phone number and set up your, you know, answering no. machine. Yeah. And how did that go? And I think. That was the the, the the most mature product that we built at that time, uh, comparing to the two previous ones. Uh, 
I think from the technical point of view, it went really well. So at that moment, we were we we already established our you know product team. We had some developers, designers, etc. However, we didn't do a proper research before, so we had to do a pivot once we built MVP. But it was a good lesson for us. Yeah. So uh, this product was on market around two years, and uh, and after two years, we decided more focus on startup house. Yeah. So that was the moment that we decided basically establish startup house. So you uh, and why we did that? that? Yeah. Why did you yeah, do go that? ahead, why, Michael? Well, I was going to ask um, what was the pivot that you made. Um, in that second business, uh, in the business you described, the, the the SaaS business, the pivot, uh, it was like first of all at the beginning we were like focusing on like on B two C solution, yeah. Then we noticed that maybe we should focus more on B two B because it's easier for us and it's better to build, you know, like uh, this solution here in Poland, yeah. Uh, so that was the pivot. Also, this, this pivot was kind kindly like forced by investors, investors that they ask us to do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but on the other side, you know, we uh, we the, the the growth was not as big as we expected. Yeah. So that's why we decided maybe let's try to do something else. And that was the moment that that friend of mine that I met in Groupon. It came to me that he's working in like in a big company right now and they are looking someone that will help them build innovation build some startup in in-house this big company yeah? uh, and they decided to do it with us because they noticed that you know this energy this and you know they they noticed that this experience that we got that that we gain in previous projects so so that's why we for for some time we were doing two things on the on the same time, like this building this SaaS solution and also working on startup house. But at some point, we, once we noticed that we got, you know, we, that once we get some traction, we decided to focus more on startup house. Yeah. So let me ask, let, before we get into startup house, which we will get into in detail, what did you learn f- and your partner, Alex, learn from uh, the two startups you've mentioned, the e-commerce and the SaaS um, startup what were the what were the most valuable lessons because obviously you are a serial entrepreneur meaning you keep doing one after another right so what was it about those first two that you learned that you brought into the into startup house so first of all we were not technical co-founders yeah we were more business guys yeah and at the beginning we we thought that maybe we will have a external partner someone that can you know uh, build this, you know, technical part for us. So we approached a couple of dev shops here in Poland, and none of them was like the perfect fit for us. Yeah, so we decided to like build this, let's say, in-house team, uh, and yeah, it was a hard way for us because we didn't have any experience in software development, so we have to like learn on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so. So that's one of the lessons that you should have, you know, maybe technical co-founder at the beginning or find find out a, like the right external partner, yeah? uh, which is probably, you know, startup. House. Uh, and this, the, 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 the second, the second lesson, it's, it was all about the research. Yeah? So as most of the founders at the beginning, we were quite biased about our idea. So pretty sure that it's going to be successful. Uh, and we didn't take into consideration that maybe we should do some research before, yeah. 
so uh, so probably this is something I usually recommend most of the founders that do should, they should have uh, this uh, research skills. Yeah, and the last thing I think you know like. Uh, we had some issues uh, with investor in first two projects. So it's always good to sign some like this co-founder agreement, something that will clarify, you know, expectations. Yeah, because I'm not saying that this guy was bad. I'm just saying that he misunderstood, you know, his our expectations. And uh, again, you know, once we think about the investor. Yeah, yeah and, and um, speaking of research, so... What research did you do um, prior to Startup House that led to that business? Uh, research, I think, like the idea about, you know, Alex, my co-founder, he's really good in in researching. Yeah? So he was always like reading this, you know, Silicon Valley books, how to build your startup, etc. Like the, the, you know, the, the Lean Startup is his Bible, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and so Alex was doing this research uh, that uh, that there is no something like there is no dev shops on the market that are focusing on startups yet. There are dev shops that's just focusing on you know like SME, SMEs companies maybe bigger companies, but mm-hmm. there is nothing there there is no dev shops you know like targeted uh, only on uh, that is targeting only startups yeah. So that was one thing, and also, if, if, excuse me for interrupting, but dev shop, you mean development shops? You mean development um, yeah. operations that can actually help you do the startup and do the technology and do all the things. You Software, need to do. yeah, mostly. Software, yeah. They they just usually once you approach a dev shop, I know. Imagine that you have an idea, yeah, and you want to come to them and ask for, you know, could you develop it for me? Then so they will ask for specification. So some list of features, and they will estimate that and do it for you. They will never challenge your idea. <laughs> they will never tell you how you should, you know, maybe you should do one step back and think about, oh, you I know, see. this idea two times. Yeah. So, so as a partner, so, you, that's something that you do. You do challenge the idea. You do help them refine the idea, it sounds like. Yeah, we want to be like end-to-end uh, place for startups. Yeah, so you come to us, and we, you know, we help you with uh, with challenging your idea. So this ideation phase. Once you finish that phase, we help you with this development phase. So how to choose the right technology, how to choose the right, you know, uh, I don't know, design, etc. And, and later on, we help you, you know, uh, build your internal team. At some point, you have to build internal team yeah you have to hire some developers so also this is something that we help our startups yeah so you help them um at what stage does a startup come in come through your door in other words are have they do they have an mvp do they have anything do they have just an idea like what's the typical scenario so there are different uh, we can help you depending where you are yeah uh, so of course most of the startups that uh, come to us they are at the idea stage so usually they have some some vision maybe some screens maybe some list of features yeah but they don't have any product life yeah uh, so this is one of the one type of our clients yeah the second client is someone that already they have some mvp on the market uh, but this mvp is not working well they want. They are thinking how to improve the value proposition. So usually we help them. You know, this we do some product work, 
Uh, we improve their product development uh, product roadmap, and then we also help them with this technical part of MVP, improving the MVP part. Yeah, and and sometimes uh, the the quite mature startups come to us. Yeah, someone with that is they already have a market fit, but they they struggle with I don't know with hiring additional people. They struggle with building. Uh, they have a huge backlog. And they have to deliver that. So this is the moment that we help them as well. Yeah. Okay. So you can come in later on. Why? Why focus on startups? What? What? What was the thinking behind that decision? Just that nobody was doing it. You know, it's cool to work with startups, and I think they are usually passionate about their idea. Uh, I think we have startup DNA uh, mm. uh, because you know I I've never worked in. <laughs> in a big company. Yeah? I, I just work in startups from the beginning of my life, of my career. Yeah? So, uh, so personally, I believe that, you know, like uh, this is, founders are quite, you know, transparent. They usually appreciate if you want to help them. They usually appreciate that you challenge their idea. So that's why we decided to focus on founders. However, sometimes we have like, Small companies come to us, yeah, not like typical startups, yeah, uh, but they want to work in the startup way. So yeah, it's possible, you know, to sometimes you have founders that they are like not like I don't know, in 20, 30 years old, they are a bit older, yeah, like 40, 40, 40 50 years old, yeah, but they want to also build their own idea, yeah. So it's not like, but usually what we where we focus, we focus on people that. They are not technical co-founders. They want to basically, you know, they are looking for a technical partner that will help them build their idea. Yeah. And uh, to what to what extent is your uh, your startup house business in Poland and Europe? Uh, and to what extent is it um, other places? So most of our business right now is in the States. So like more than 60% of our clients are uh, are based in, in, in the United States. Uh, the, the second group of our clients are based in Europe, especially in Scandinavia. And we have some clients here in Poland, but mostly we are we, we are just based in Poland. We are an international company uh, with, uh, with global presence. And how many people in the company now? So we are 100 people company. Our company was established in 2016. So we had a, a rapid growth since since that, doubling our you know headcount every year. Uh, uh, and most of our people are based in Poland. And are, is is that full time staff? Full time staff, yes. Wow, that's impressive. And so, how many how many like at a given moment, how many startups are you working on? So, so far we have worked with around 80 startups, uh, but in the current moment, we, we like right now we work, we, we work with uh, around 20 startups, yeah, 20. 20 startups. So that's a lot. How do you keep them all straight and not get confused? We have a like operationally operation from the operational point of view, we are quite uh, good. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we have people that are focusing on new business. We have people that are focusing on the keeping, you know, our clients happy. We have project management team that is, you know, making sure that we deliver the project on time. We have design team that is focusing on, you know, design part and and so on. Yeah. So 
we are quite well organized in my opinion yeah and you are focused on sales as the as the i think you said the head of sales uh at the company merrick yeah. and and what um how do you find new customers so there from time to time we participate tra- uh, some trade shows like for example last year we were at uh, south by southwest TechCrunch event etc so in the states uh, of course most of our business is through our website so we invest a lot in our you know like seo services you know etc so we we are positioned quite well in google search um and of course referrals are extremely important yeah we um, like most of our business comes from referrals yeah. uh, referrals okay and and so um what what um so this is like kind of a new um paradigm a new example of how to have a startup so you have all kinds of different founders uh and all different kinds of phases come to work with you right and i assume like across all kinds of different industries right you're not limited in in terms of what you do is that correct mm-hmm. that's correct so you can you can do just about anything what do you think so as somebody who deals with all these different startups and all these different founders what do you think is are the most important things uh reasons for success among the founders you work with? That's a really good question, to be honest. Yeah, I have seen um, many founders. And first of all, I think uh, I usually say that, you know, uh, that our founders, they have to be focused. Yeah, so they have to kind of at some point invest their time, work full time on their idea. Yeah. So it's not possible to do three things uh, on on one time. Yeah. So you have to invest your time and be focused. Yeah. The second thing I think you have to. Not so many people. You kind of the, the part of the deal, the part of the building the startup is quite um, risk of failure. Yeah. Uh, because in my opinion, there is a quite big chance that you will fail. <laughs> And you have to kind of anticipate that, accept that, and and I've I have seen some founders that they they struggle with that. Yeah, they couldn't you know accept the fact that they might fail. Yeah, it was too stressful for them. Yeah, so this well-being, etc., it's quite important. Yeah, uh, of course you have to be super open-minded. Yeah, so of course at some point you have to be like you have to have some vision, goals, etc. But uh, what once someone is giving you a feedback, challenging your idea, then you should be open for that uh, for that feedback. Yeah. Otherwise, because most of the founders they are super biased. Yeah. Then they quite afraid to talk with their <laughs> users because uh, to receive a bad feedback. Yeah. Oh, is uh, that right? They don't. They don't want to talk to uh, users. That's that's a problem. Talk. They want to postpone that as as long as possible. <laughs> really? Don't you think they should do that as soon as possible? Yeah, that's usually we recommend. And so we, in yeah. our approach, we always tell them that before you start any line of, you know, coding, you should, you should have a prototype and dance and do some user interviews. Yeah. And, and what do they say to that? They probably don't want to do that. Uh, I think we have like a process where we just show them the value 
of doing that uh, examples, you know, that, and usually it's, you know, we explain them that you can save some money if you do that and time. <laughs> so that's the, the best argument. <laughs> that's the motivation. That's a good yeah. one. Um, so um, what is, tell us about some of the projects you've worked on. Like what have been some of the ones that you are most proud of and that have worked the best? Sure. So I think let me share one project that we've been working with them since 2020. Uh, it's a company based in, in Norway. It's a global product, yeah. And they address carbon footprint. Sorry, what, problem, what, yeah. what kind of product? Pardon me, what kind of product is it? It's a global product. So they work okay, oh. they are based in Norway, but they work globally, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and basically what they do, they address carbon footprint uh, problems. So for example, their clients are like British Airways, Booking.com, Heathrow. So once you use British Airways and you want to check what kind of carbon footprint you will have it, then you are using solution that we built for them. Yeah, uh, and uh, and they joined our tribe. Uh, like I think uh, at the let's say they, they already have an MVP. Yeah? So they have some product market fit. They got their first proper uh, round and they wanted to speed up with the development and design work, etc. So this is what we did for them. And recently they, they have a pretty rapid growth and, uh, and they got, you know, they, they are in the series B stage right now uh, and they closed the round uh, lead by Gen Zero uh, VC, which is, you know, for example, Ashton Kutcher is involved in that VC. So, uh, we are super proud of that product. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is a big product. Yeah. And yeah. the, and the, but we also do some smaller projects, which are, which are also, you know, super interesting and we are super proud of it. So for example, recently we built, uh, a startup, which is called Lily. So it's an innovating high impact app uh, designed to connect users with uh, with selected non-governmental organizations like NGOs. Yeah? And, and basically what you can do in this app, you can you can track each of your, uh, let's say, submissions. Yeah, like, you know, everything that you spend on this NGOs. Yeah. Uh, so this is, you know, maybe the business behind of this is not big, but the, it's quite impactful solution, which I'm super proud of it. And it's uh, run right now. It's quite popular on App Store. Yeah. Uh, so, so small one. Yeah. And what happens? Uh, what, and I, I think the last. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Michael, no, you. Yeah. you, you said, what, what is the last one? And the last one, I think uh, this is like a company that came to us at the idea stage. I can share the name because of the NDA, but I can tell that uh, basically it's like cyber, cyber, cyber security solution for big organization that they can quickly check their uh, risk of not doing, you know, this uh, proper things from security point of view. Uh, and they joined us at the idea stage. Now they are in the series B stage. Uh, with 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 uh, with a positive revenue, so we are super proud of that product as well. Yeah, 
so you've got a couple of companies at least that have that have managed to get to Series B, uh, which is significant. We don't have any unicorn uh, right now, but uh, but maybe maybe next two years one of them might be. Yeah, that's great. And um, okay, so I hate to ask you this, but what what um, give me an example of what can go wrong, like within a company? So they come to you. You can probably see problems early. I would guess you could probably see. You know, maybe the founder doesn't listen. Maybe they don't talk to customers. Whatever it is. What do the failures have in common? Mm, so usually they uh, kind of initiate interaction with potential investors too late because too late. it takes time too late because it takes time to get a proper uh, round. So so and they get to lose their motivation. Yeah, uh, because have you ever heard about the salami methodology? No. It's like it's not possible to cut salami in the middle, yeah. So oh, we have salami. to slice by it, slice. Yeah, we call this slicing the salami in, in the US. Slicing the salami, slicing yeah. The salami. And I think it's in case of <laughs> startups, it's like super important that you kind of because they lose they lose motivations, yeah. They have to achieve small, uh, small, uh, small achievements uh, step by step, yeah. And sometimes they lose the motivation. Sometimes they kind of so this is one issue. So they initiate the contact with potential investors too late. Yeah. And then they kind of, they don't have enough money to continue working on that product. And then they can, they abandon, uh, they usually close the project. Yeah. What, the second what is your... issue. Yeah. Go okay, ahead. Go ahead. Second, forgive me for interrupting. Go the ahead. Second the second issue that I, that I, that I see is like, sometimes they initiate investors too fast yeah so they kind of get this evaluation too high and then it's hard to catch up for them yeah so you see that yeah. you have to kind of balance with uh, with your approach usually from my perspective is the most important is that they have like they, they talk with clients they talk with users they have uh, some market fit and then they move on with that yeah and what about Startup House? Do you have direct relationships with VCs, with investors, um, family offices? Do they come to, I would think there'd be a lot of interest in what you're doing and that there would be investors who would try to keep track of who you're working with. Does that happen? We have some network of potential investors, yeah. Uh, and some from time to time we introduce our clients to, to them. Uh, uh -huh. But this is something that we want to improve in coming years. So build some more partnerships with uh, VCs around the world and make sure that we can help our founders here. Because we don't do the, you know, this uh, investment part on our end, but we should connect uh, and have this place that kind of we where, where they can connect with investors here. And, and is it contract basis only or do you ever take a, a stake, an equity stake in a company? In it's contract basis, yeah. We don't ever take this equity, yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, um, I want to remind everyone you've been listening to the Accelerator with Michael Conniff. Our our companion podcast, brand new, is the Angel. Look for all of them on all the major platforms. That includes Apple, Amazon, um, Audible, uh, and about ten others. Plus, you can find us on YouTube video.
and also both audio and video on Spotify. So please rate us, uh, rank us, uh, subscribe to us and keep an eye on us and share us. That's the other thing we'd love you to do. Um, I am Michael Conniff. You can look for more about me at michaelconniff.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-N-N-I-F-F.com. You can also find more information. Uh, I've got a pretty detailed LinkedIn uh, biography, which I uh, urge you to take a look at and connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, we've had a very interesting conversation with Marek uh, Palace. He's the uh, co-founder and head of sales. I got it right this time, Marek. At Startup you, House, um, based in Warsaw, Poland, but very impressive. Over 100 people working full-time, 60% of the projects are in the U.S., a big presence in, uh, in, uh, in the Scandinavian countries, uh, in addition to a presence in, in Warsaw. So it's, it's really been interesting. I'm so happy you could come on the show, and uh, thanks for being with us today, Merrick. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, remember that um, you can keep up with us on uh, on all of those platforms, also on Substack. I should have mentioned that. And uh, keep a lookout for us because we'll be back with another podcast before you know it.